Why not? A queer podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jerry Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 40. Ooh. Ooh. That's a that's a milestone. And we got it right this time because we have a script. <laughs> Yeah, the script. No stepping all over your words. Well, the writer's strike is over, so the words are right. Congratulations uh, to the writer's strike. And as soon as the SAG after strike is over, we'll start being entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe you will. <laughs> we stand with the actors and we'll be dry in our humor until they get what they want. I appreciate that whenever, like, when. Um... <laughs> You know, uh, John Oliver came back on. He he said, oh, "We're gonna try to be funny." And when Pete Davidson opened for SNL, he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna try to be funny." <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're here to do. We're here to yes. try to be funny. I mean, Yoda says, "Either do it or you don't. Don't try it." He he phrases it a little differently. <laughs> I was I was <laughs> I was completely geared up for a full on Yoda impression. <laughs> I feel cheated. You get no voices until SAG Africa gets their their demands met. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, I think voice acting is. Um, the hell are we looking at? <laughs> we'll get to him later. Oh. But one of the oh, one of the Simon Rex. one of the films we're going to talk about. I was doing some research and I came across this photo and I thought, this this makes me happy. Everything in this photo makes me happy. I got to be honest, I don't think that's a real monkey. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't on set. That's not a real monkey. No. no, we haven't done this in a while, right? We haven't talked about this in a while <clears throat> because you got in the habit of drinking the same wine all the time. Oh, not that yes. that's a bad thing. You drink what you like, and it's wine, why not? It's not variety wine, why not? So, but today you did something special. So, yes. tell us about um, it. Okay, so uh, we're we're about I don't know what a week away from Halloween. So uh, the brand of wine, Thirteen Crimes. Which I feel like um, has a story behind it. I don't know it. But um, I do know that while I was uh, looking at the thir- 19 Crimes wines, that Snoop Dogg is on some of the bottles. Um, so does Snoop Dogg own this? Oh, I'm being told Snoop Dogg owns it. So there we go. Does that mean that there's cannabis in it? I'll let you know in about five minutes. <laughs> um so I did see uh, an advertisement online that there were two new bottles um, of red wines coming out that had uh, Dracula on one and Frankenstein on the other. So I was like, ah, you know, tis the season. So I went to pick them up. They did not have them at the nondescript grocery store that I went to that will not get a shout out <laughs> because they don't pay for it. Um, but uh, um, I figured since I went for 19 Crimes... <laughs> I did 19 crimes. <laughs> and to celebrate, I picked up a bottle of their red blend that is a, it's called the Uprising. And it's a red blend aged in a rum barrel for 30 days. And let's take a sip now to see if we taste the rum. Now I'll taste no rum. <laughs> so I assume it was a yeah, rum like barrel. That. I think I talked about this. Um, Anthony. Edwards, is that his name? Took his mom. <clears throat> he was on Blackish. Anthony, um, no, Anthony Edwards is from ER. Anthony oh, yeah. Anderson. Goose. Anthony, Anthony Anderson. 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 And, Anthony and he Anderson. um he took his mom to Italy and they went to a vineyard in Italy. Yes. And the guy's like, What do you taste? I taste wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tasted. 
Um, it's good. It's very smooth. It's a smooth red wine. Oh, very nice. In a barrel of rum for 30 days. Well, I hear criminals like their wine. I mean, it looks like a, like, a, like an 1800 mugshot on the, the front. I don't see a name of this individual. No, it doesn't have 1800 mugshots. It has one no, mugshot. No, one mugshot that looks like it might be from the 1800s. Let's see if there's a story. Oh, there's a, you can scan a I QR saw the QR code. code. I believe, and I don't know if all the bottles are this way. Uh, maybe Caitlin can let us know. Um, that if you scan that and you hover your phone over it, that there's an animation that plays on the label. I know that they have some. I don't know if it's all 19 crime labels. But I, I went and saw my aunt uh, a couple of years ago, a year ago, whenever we were traveling up there. and she In the big some, house? In, <laughs> in her big house. Oh, yeah. um, and she had some of the bottles and she was showing us, you, you scan the QR code and she hovered it over the label. All of them, yeah. And it plays a little animation about what the photo is and what that wine is. So um, we, I won't take up any time now doing it, but I'll show you after the show, and then uh, maybe I'll throw a demonstration up on our social media. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Can you do that? You can do it on your phone? You you, you go to thing, you can record a video on your phone while it plays on your phone? Maybe. If not, we'll use your phone if to record it, my <laughs> phone as I'm recording it. Because I'm like, if you, can, if you can figure that out, and not figure out how to video record this podcast. Something's not right in the world. My favorite thing about TikTok is um, how just how very um, untechnologically advanced it all seems. Most of the videos when people are showing like movie clips or film clips is them literally they take their phone and they record their laptop <laughs> to show the clip. It is so um, low quality, but it, there's a little bit of a charm to it. So maybe that's what we'll do. All right, let's do that. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so 19 Crimes Red Blend, uh, Uprising, it's good. And I'm going to try to find the Frankenstein and Dracula bottles this week, and then uh, we'll, we'll give those a try um, for next week, which will be our official Halloween episode. Ooh, sounds scary. I would say the That's other word, but we're not, I don't think we're supposed to say that. What? Anywhere. The other word that people say at Halloween. Oh, the, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. There's a convention that has that name in it. And I know. I, I don't know if it's problematic or not. If it's what? Problematic. Or not. <laughs> Sorry. Snoop's weed line just kicked in. <laughs> uh, so, um, so she, you know what? What wine do you drink? Not you, Jeremy. Yes. You, the listener. Shoot us an email. WWN at watermarkonline.com. Let us know what you're drinking when you listen to our podcast. Yeah. And if it is the... The, the Frankenstein, I was going to say the jack-o'-lantern, but there isn't the, the Frankenstein or Dracula 19 crimes. Look a brother up. What did they me, animate? Send, yeah, where did you get them? Do send they, me some Do you think that Frankenstein animates? Oh, they have to. If all the bottles do. Now I'm even more excited to get these damn bottles. Do you think when it, when it, when it, when Frankenstein is animated that it cuts to the Frankenstein movie and he's like putting on their heads? Oh my God. Of all the Frankenstein movies, that one is my favorite. <laughs> Um, Snoop, if you're listening, send me some bottles. And sweet. And tell, and tell Martha we said, what's up? Oh. If we could get Snoop and Martha on this show, it would just be... I'll tell you what. Then, then we'll start ever. doing interviews. For anybody that's requested an interview on this podcast, if we get Snoop... The first Martha, interview we'll is reserved for Snoop and Bar Martha. Once go. we do that, it's, it's open to everyone. Not everyone. Andy Cohen is barred from our pocket. 
Oh, and now that's out there in the universe. Well, I mentioned it a few episodes ago. My only beefs in the world are Andy Cohen and Canada. I have my reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what'd you do this week? Oh my goodness, this week? It's a busy week. It was. You know, I went to go see, we recorded the podcast early last time. Because I had to go see Air Supply. Yes. I had to. It's. I think I'm contractually obligated. <clears throat> I hear that if you don't see them every time they play in the Central Florida and Tampa Bay area, one of them dies. And there's only two of them, so you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I hope that's not the case. I mean, because now I'll be concerned. I didn't go to all six shows. Are they going to no. come back? Are Ooh. they okay? Um, yeah, no, and it was, it was great. You know, I... It's interesting to to stand in line and and meet people who are who are huge fans. And I kind of, yeah. you know, I talked about this last time too. But I'm just going to reiterate that I wish everybody would go see it that I know because I catch a lot of crap from people who are like, oh, you like Air Supply, you know, like it's so sleepy and it's all love this and blah 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 blah. Love. So they have this drummer like all the, all the time. They have like these young drummers that are like, you know crazy rock and roll kind of drummers and they really do a great job and i'm sitting there like looking around i'm like this isn't some sappy love song concert like people should come and see this it's yeah. really good and it's sort of like a rock this ain't some two-bit operation right this is a classic legendary rock band in one of the greatest theme parks in the world yeah and you've got so so here's here's what i'm gonna say about that i'm defending my love of air supply here the park on saturday or i mean on sunday and monday when they were playing was insanely packed. Now, I'm not going to say it was air supply that made it this way, but people that I talked to in the lines, because, you know, you stand in line for a while, so you talk to people around mm-hmm. you. They had been a couple of days before, and they said until, like, even Friday and Saturday, it was not crowded. But Sunday and Monday, they said it was the crowdest the park has been since they've been there. And then you go to this concert, right, where everybody wants to make fun of air supply. Um well, everybody that I know. And then in the it's packed. And then you, outside of the theater, you're like 10 people deep in a crowd back there. And then they, they ask people to sing along. Everyone is singing along. Everyone knows the words. So Every time you say, like, you know, like, people give me shit about air supply, I hear Thanos' voice in my head that says, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> okay, Mariah. <gasps> Mariah. That's a, that's a, that's a different... Um, pop culture moment i was talking more nerd moment not <laughs> that wasn't thanos carry i i i have a new video that i need to see now thanos carry so i went to see them it's great you know i i think there's just this moment towards the end when you're in the last show and it's like the theater's really dark and the guy starts playing the piano music for making love and nothing at all and it's just really cool it's a cool moment i'm a big fan so i had a great time and then i got really sick oh no so i spent most of the week being horrifically sick so other than prides that's really all i did you know there were so i'll talk about you can talk about come out with pride sure. which, which you're going to talk about i'll just talk about sarasota pride so um this doesn't happen very often but when it does we have to split our efforts and there were two major prides on the same day right so uh, on this last Saturday, Come Out With Pride was happening in Central Florida and Sarasota Pride was happening, you know, in the Tampa Bay area. So just a couple of us, you know, it was just um, the two <laughs> the two staff members we have in our Tampa Bay <laughs> office and me uh, worked the, the shift the whole day, which is really kind of cool. Um, 
you know, it's interesting. They had a couple of big announcements to make. One is that they're opening um, Project Project Sarasota, Project Pride. Project Pride is opening a sort of like a center, uh, like a brick and mortar place to, to host meetings oh, and, nice. and everything for, for their community, which is awesome because it's something they haven't had. <laughs> and it's great that they're going to have that. Uh, but they also announced that they are combining Manatee, Manatee County Pride with Sarasota Pride next year. And it's going to be one big one, which is great. But I did get to see, you may know this based on our lack of conversations about RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Um, that I, it's not something that I tend to watch. I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. It's not my thing. Now, maybe if Air Supply was more judges. <laughs> oh. What if they had an Air Supply episode? I mean, from your lips to RuPaul's ears. <laughs> I would go. But I did. So at Sarasota Pride, they had Twilight Holiday uh, perform, who I believe was on RuPaul's. I don't think so. No, However, think so. Uh, she was just uh, named Entertainer of the Year. Right. National, yeah. National, National Entertainer, Entertainer of, the of the Year. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that? She was runner-up, because she's Orlando-based, right? Mm -hmm. So she was runner-up for Florida Entertainer of the Year, uh, which got her to Entertainer of the Year. But then she won the whole thing there, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, she was super entertaining. So, you know what? You know what, Rue? <clears throat> Bring Twyla on. Yeah. Have an Air Supply episode. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah, uh, Twilight's great, and, uh, you know, I won't name names, but, uh, sometimes, uh, you see a drag queen, and they're really good, and then at a drag, you know, they're just like, oh, hey, um, but, uh, Twilight Holiday, in and out of drag, gorgeous, gorgeous human being. Absolutely, and a big fan of Watermark, which oh. is really nice. Well, that's even better to hear, if you're listening to it. Unless, you know what? Unless it's just because she was standing in front of our booth when she said it. It's, it's like that thing with the vet. You know, when you go to pick up your dog from the vet or the groomer, and they're like, oh my God, your mm. dog is the cutest dog we have. We and don't use so the nice. word groomer on this show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say it. We just do it. Now, um, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but if you didn't like the joke, write to Rick. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Send me an email. Yeah, so... Um, so she was standing in front of our booth talking about, like, oh, we love Watermark, eh? Should have followed her to the next three booths and see if she's like, oh, my God, pet rumors. We absolutely love you. Yay. Yeah. Rank us in order now. Um, of all the booths. Where yeah, we fall? But, you know, it's sometimes you'll see you see, you see people, like, in a live, um, well, like, right now. I'm stumbling over my words. Well, they're, they're, they're hosting a live show, and sometimes they're stumbling here and there. Yeah, the band. Twyla, yeah. Twyla was perfect. <laughs> Like, it was all memorized, ready to go, um, but seemed completely off the cuff. I was very impressed. Good job, Twyla. Very nice, very nice. You made probably fine. Now, one thing that they did do, I don't know if this is like a, you know, sometimes I think, like, I should keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. But, you know, anyone who knows me knows I have a very go hard time on. doing that. They had three comedians. Now, I feel like this is a mistake we made at our last Wave Award party, where we had three comedians mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes uh bringing on multiple comedians can just take the excitement level of the event that's happening like yeah there's take it down comedians kind of fit into a sit down and watch kind of show and things like our wave awards and pride events are kind of a people walk up and you know it's kind of standing room only people come in watch a little bit of the show walk away there's not really a whole sit down and watch the entire show. 
and things like yeah stand-up comedians is one of those things where it's uh it's better in a sit down having a few drinks you're not moving to another uh, area yeah and you know i mean all of the um i feel like all the comedians were one of them was from really far away like flew in from far away and, and I just, boy, were their arms tied. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna critique, I'm not gonna critique the comedians. I'm just gonna tell you that the person introducing them said this when the third one was about to come up. If you didn't laugh at the first two, you're <laughs> certainly gonna laugh at this one. <laughs> and well, thought, oh my god. Um, but you know what I think happens is. You know, gay people are only a certain, you know, number in the population, right? So let's say you're a comedian and you're gay. You're most likely going to be performing comedy for, you know, straight audiences. Um, And that humor, like, I I call it like gay shock humor. Because there's this joke that I was told when I was in, when I was in elementary school. And it's like, terrible. It's terrible. But it's like this gay shock thing, which, you know, I always remember that moment when i was a kid and i just kind of laugh at that whole thing but gay shock humor doesn't work on gay people yeah because we lift it it's not it's not like we're gonna be like oh that's hilarious he was dating a guy not a girl you know or um the only thing i ever heard anybody say um that i thought was funny when it comes to that that kind of thing is um a former employee said that um he's he's trans and he said that his mom told him to man up so he did (laughs) And I thought that I was like, that's clever. Um, but I think that it just doesn't play to a gay audience. And I was just like, you know, there's so many things. There's like gay people have have kids and relationships and, and all that kind of stuff. Like that kind of humor is is funny. But this like, you know, struggle with your family humor. I mean, we've all gone through that. Yeah. Well, some of us. No, that's true. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't all born in the stall of a gay bar. <laughs> Ah, I can sm- I can smell the, the the bathroom at the southern now. <laughs> so so can I? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, that uh, Saturday Set of Pride. Uh, it's a fun one. I've been out there a couple of times. Yeah, it was really good. It's a it's a it's totally different. I will say one thing though that I'm really happy about, and I don't know how Sarasota feels about it. You know, I'm just a person who goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the um, you know, it's always in that park right there by the marina. Yeah. And the park is, is like dirt, right? There's dirt patches everywhere. So everything gets coated in dirt, Yeah, which is really strange. It, this, no, no dirt. It was very nice. Nice, nice. Where was it this time? Uh, Rose, Rosemary Park. Rosemary Park. I haven't heard that name in 84 years. <laughs> no. um, yeah. We went to we went to a pride over here too. Little little pride. Little, little great little, transition, Jeremy. Little, Tell me all about it. <laughs> little uh, uh, come out with pride happened this weekend. Um, it was great. I mean, we go every year. Um, it's uh, huge. It's one of the largest prides in the state. And uh, I mean, just to, it's amazing how many people they fit. I mean, when you go to just Lake Eola on a, a any given weekend, you know, it seems like, the, oh, there's this huge park and this huge lake. And every Pride, it just amazes me how many people they squeeze into that space. And it just makes it feel smaller uh, than, uh, than any other weekend. But it was great. Weather was amazing. And uh, I... I 
you get a little burnt out sometimes doing this job and prides like this where people come up and they just gush over what you do and how much they love what you do um it kind of reignites that fire in you um got so many hugs from people which i know would not be um ideal for other people on staff sounds like a nightmare but i love a good <laughs> hug and i got uh, i got plenty of them and lots of people came by and gave us love and uh, it was a good time and uh we didn't have like a float like we tr traditionally do usually we'll all you know we'll have a float and we'll all go on it um this year we did an electronic billboard truck um, so that since we were split between two prides, um, so that we could focus on the, the festival, we think we think we had a video. We're, truck. we're investigating. If you were at come out with pride and you watched the whole parade and you saw a truck go by that may have had watermark logos flashing on the back, but not on the sides, reach out and let us know. If you have a photo of that, I would be That's very interested in seeing that. Um, so it was the first time I think ever that I watched the come out with pride parade from the audience because i never went to a pride parade until i started working at watermark and then i've always been uh on the float and uh it's crowded and people pack in tights and we're going into covid and <laughs> flu season so i stayed a little back i didn't stay for the whole parade um i started to feel a tickle in my throat and i was like oh god they got me and i um but what i saw of the parade it was absolutely amazing and people were going crazy as they do all the time. Uh, are you time. a parade person? Like, if you no. were somewhere and there's a parade, are you going to go? Absolutely not. Parades, to me, are... I, I, I was in the Air Force. So the first thing people ask me are, oh, did you fly jets? And then when I tell them no, I was ground crew. They were like, oh, did you just go out and just watch the jets take off? And I would say, no, that's boring. And who would do that? Apparently, there's people who just really love the sight of jets and planes taking off. Not my thing. Same thing with parades. People love to watch parades go by. Not my thing. Um, There's certain parts of the parade. Um, I believe one of the, the floats was, um, it's Mister, where it's a bunch of muscly men in Speedos. I like that float. I liked watching that Is that, that an one go ad, by. or is that a body spray? I have no idea. But well, they I'd... were all well, let's just say nobody on that float missed a day at the gym. <laughs> Well, I mean, could you know what? Maybe one person. Maybe... Well, there he is. Yes. But, oh, he's wearing a stethoscope. They must be doctors. Well, I'm just saying, whatever it is, I mean, one person on the float should probably indicate what you do. Oh, I know. Or what a I banner. Want them to do. If all it is is Mister, then I'm like, I don't know what it is, and I don't necessarily want to look it up on my work computer. But I don't it's Mister without the ER, so R, so like right. grinder. Right. Or, so yeah. it, it. So is it how to find a, a a doctor to sleep with? How to find a gay doctor in your area? My mother would be so proud. <laughs> um, you know what they could do? They could buy an ad in Watermark, and then we'd know. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's always an amazing time. The people over at Come Out With Pride um, are fantastic. The staff, they get a lot of volunteers that come in through there um, and they're running all over the place, but they all, uh, they all do a great job there. I gotta and say, they are a well-oiled machine. They sure are. They sure are. They do a very good job. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was Saturday. Do you know, this is the first to come out with pride since its inception that I have not been at. <clears throat> Aw. I'm sorry. Even the COVID one. 
I went down and made sure our truck was there. Aww. Which I would have done this time, but I was in Sarasota. That um that one, the 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 COVID um caravan <laughs> barreling through the streets of Orlando. <laughs> um that was where I met uh, Josh Bell for the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Foster and Josh Bell were going around. Jennifer was introducing him. And uh, it's very, it was, a, that was just a weird time back then. Just meeting people in open fields with masks on and nobody wants to touch. So you're just like waving six inches away from their face. Weird time. We lived <laughs> in a very weird time. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, that may be why you got COVID because you're supposed to be six feet away. Ah, that makes sense. I had COVID three months before all that happened, so I got it out of my system by then. However, if Jennifer or Josh had COVID three to five days after I ran into them at Pride, was not me. It wasn't me. Um, the night before Pride, um, I went to uh, Equality Florida had their Greater Orlando oh, yeah. gala. How was that? Um, I was nervous going there because I thought with Pride going on and there was like different events going on. Um, I think there was a concert going on at Amway Center. Um, something was going on. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, with Jonas Brothers, weren't the Jonas Brothers in town? Kesha. Kesha was, oh, Kesha was going. Yeah, uh, just a lot going on. So She um, sounds more like Hard Rock then. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was at Hard Rock. But um, just a lot of stuff. So I was nervous that this there wasn't going to be a great turnout because... Everybody was so scattered in the city, uh, but great turnout. Lots of uh, lots of people that we know. Um, Carlos and Jarek were there. Carlos Gamble Smith and Jarek Mediavilla. Um, Darcel was there. Uh, Patty Sheehan was there. There's lots of George Wallace, literally, because he was uh, fresh off the red carpet. Fresh off the red carpet, landed, came right to the gala from the airport. Oh, wow! Um, so he looked a little tired, but um, everybody had a really good time. Nadine spoke, and every time Nadine spoke, speak, Jesus, spokes. I, Nadine speaks better than I do. Um, <laughs> every time Nadine gives a speech, everybody is silent and just hangs on every word she says. She's an amazing public speaker. Incredible. Um, Carlos hosted the Carlos Guillermo Smith hosted the event, um, and he was fun. Um, he mentioned that um, uh, the day before, a certain former Florida representative had been. Uh, was taken off to prison for the guy who sponsored the uh, don't say gay or trans bill um, for uh, committing fraud for COVID funds. Oh, wow. He got six months in a federal prison and Carlos won his lawsuit against uh, the state of Florida uh, to release COVID numbers. So he was very ecstatic. Oh, wow. Talking about all the different lawsuits and people <laughs> going to prison. Um, but it was a good time. A lot of fun. Um, How was the food? Oh my God! Every time the food is absolutely amazing. They now, had, it was they the glass knife that did that um, did the the catering, as I understand it. Um, and they had some amazing ravioli and some delicious fish and just amazing. They do food. more to the desserts. Apparently, the desserts though, giant um, homemade. They look like little the like little Debbie snacks, but they were giant. The most amazing things. I literally took one. And ate it while we were in the buffet because it was a buffet style. And ate it while in line. It was just the most amazing, <laughs> fluffiest cake. If you haven't been to the Glass Knife and you live in Orlando, or um, are willing to travel for good pastry like I do, um, check out the Glass Knife because everything I have had there is absolutely amazing. So it wasn't family style. Remember that <laughs> last year? Yes, because when you're here, you're family. 
Yeah. Ironically, they did not I have Olive Garden. I like the concept of it all, honestly, but yeah. it was it was a little cumbersome. And like I I saw somebody was, was like grabbed the tray and was passing it along, and their thumb was in the mashed potatoes. Yeah. No. So I just picked up the tray and just walked around and served people because I was like, I don't. It was you know we're just out of COVID. Exactly. That's exactly something my mother would do. So it is very family style. It's like you know what? Look, I'll just serve. You. I you know what? I feel like I'm gonna get a T-shirt that says. Um, I'm Jeremy's mother. Because you, you two have a lot of similarities. everything I do. Does she like air supply? Maybe. Um, Get her on the phone. <laughs> I feel like, not air supply, there's um, some Brad. other 80s. Um, who sang that song, uh, Between the Moon and New York City? Um, Christopher something. Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross. There are two Christopher Cross songs. That one and do you know what Sailing. That You'll never, yeah, he just put this. You'll never guess what the actual name of that song is. Um, if you get caught Arthur between the moon. Oh, well, you will yeah. guess. It won the Academy Award for best yeah. song for a movie. Um, those two songs remind me of my parents um, because, and it's funny the things you remember when you're a kid, but I remember being in the back seat and my parents were in the front seat. We were going somewhere and they had the radio on and that Christopher cross song uh sailing came on and my dad was singing it to my mom um not like singing it to her but singing it in the front seat while my mom was there um i don't know what the song's about so i don't know if he was singing it to her because sailing i don't know maybe sailing away sounds bad he wasn't singing it to her he wasn't leaving um but uh i associate that song with my parents now um because he sang it while we were in the car so um, I know that they are fans of Christopher Cross. Was that whole story was to say I don't know if they're fans of Air Supply. Christopher Cross is also on the Epcot circuit. So. Is he? <laughs> yeah. I may have to go check out Christopher Cross. I would like to go to that. Your mom has good taste. That's all I have yeah. to say. Well, she does like me. So. So before the night before that, too, I like how we're doing our week in reverse. We're like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Kind of movie. exciting. Or Memento. Um, Do you, you know, remember that movie? Memento? Oh my god! Good movie. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying. I'm pretty sure that I tried to watch that high, which I do have to say, I don't recommend. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a confusing movie when you're sober. Yeah. However, there it is out there on the internet somewhere. Somebody edited it um, into chronological order to help you make sense of it if you're confused oh, by the whole, watch the whole Nolan uh, memento cut. See, I'm not, a, I'm not a pot guy. I don't smoke pot. It's yeah. not my thing. I mean, maybe edibles because I like brownies. And I like gummy bears, sure. but I haven't tried them. Um, well, because then I got sober, and then it's like, oh, they frown on that, you know, like, oh, I can't, can't smoke crack anymore. You're sober. No drugs for you. No, and um, so, uh, but I, I don't know if it was a contact high or if I was just like somebody was like, here, take a hit of this joint, and then we watched Momentum, and I just couldn't. I could not yeah. understand, but, and I would like, it would all make sense to me. And I was, I was like, Oh my God, I get it. And then they'd be like, what is it? And I'd be like, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I, I really loved the movie, but I also had a weird obsession with Guy Pierce. Yes. Um, it's, it's faded away. I couldn't tell you what the latest thing he's been in, but back then what he had done LA confidential and then memento, and I was just in But he love did uh, Priscilla, Queen of the he Desert. Also, yeah, he also did Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. But I That's was when I thought I had a chance. I was like, ooh, I have a chance. Yeah. He's a drag queen. Um, it, when I saw LA Confidential, he did, He does this thing where he's got um, he's got very thick lips. I don't know if it's just in that movie, like they overdid his lips. Because um, I don't. I feel like he didn't have 
thick, lush lips in all of his movies. Yeah, the same one, makeup team that, that they had in First Wives Club. <laughs> he's like, good morning, But man. he does this pouty thing where he sticks his lips out. And I remember I was a teenager and I was like, damn, I am a total homosexual for Guy Pierce. <laughs> that man is gorgeous. He was a good anyway, guy. Anyway, if Guy Pierce listens to this, uh, give me a call. Let us know. You still got this, this DSL. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to avoid calling them that. That's why I called them luscious lips. Uh, isn't that what the L stands for? Yes. <laughs> Delicious, succulent, luscious lips. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Thursday. So Thursday, Thursday, Thursday? Thursday? It's Movies Out Loud. We'll just yes. give a quick shout out to Movies Out Loud. It's it's a Watermark event. It's a fundraiser for Come Out With Pride. Yep. It's, it's one of my favorite things that Watermark does. Um, and it's just fun because yes. you take like – the idea is you take like this gay – or yeah, most of the time we try to make them queer, yeah. and to get this queer film or queer love, or queer yeah, or queer love, uh, a queer iconic film that's really campy and terrible, and you play it and you completely make fun of now, it. Now, in saying that, I do want to go on the record to say the movie that we did this year, very campy, not terrible, amazing movie, great movie, even Oscar should have well Oscar nominated for its effects, but should have yeah. there should have been a lot more Oscar. But see now what? But also. Movies, when they were awesome and popular, sometimes don't hold that's up true. now. And then that's when it's perfect to do them because you can make fun of the things in that. You know, like one time we did the movie Mannequin, which I loved when it came out. <laughs> but it is an awful movie today. Terrible. And it is hilarious to make fun of. It. I don't want to mock you right now, but it was a terrible movie back then. It was awful. That movie's horrible. Jeremy, anytime that you would say, I don't want to mock you right now, I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're <laughs> no, right. no, no. I absolutely like, wanted I, to mock you. I, I'm going to completely make How fun of your taste. dare you? Um, How does your mom feel about Mannequin? She... Probably one of her favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> so so we have, we have two comedians. Uh, this time it, it was Trixie However, Deluxe. I do want to say really quick, um, and I love my mother to death, so I apologize for doing this to you. Um, my mother loved Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler, so I don't really take movie advice for her. <laughs> But she's a huge, she is obsessed and loves Al Pacino. So I think it's more the Al Pacino part of it. But she thinks that movie's hilarious. Uh, there was a TV show called Jack and Joe. Was there? Yeah. Oh. Maybe she was talking about that the whole time. <laughs> I only know that because in one of the movies that we watched, I was looking up somebody's acting oh. history and they were in a TV show, Jack and Joe. I don't remember Adam Sandler. I'm a fan of Adam Sandler movies. Where so Adam Sandler plays his twin sister. Oh, I've not seen that. Oh and my I'm God. pretty sure I would have to sell the it. newspaper if I watched it. You're going to love it. I can't imagine that they do that very sensitively. Um, I mean, as sensitive as Adam Sandler does things. <laughs> yeah, but in the 90s. The only right? part I... Well, it was in the early or mid-2000s, I think. 2011. 2011. The only part that cracks me up is in the movie, Al Pacino plays Al Pacino. And he's a spokesperson for Dunkin' Donuts because they've introduced the Dunkachino. And he does a song and dance of the Dunkachino for Dunkin' Donuts. And it cracks me up. He also looks like shit in the movie. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that man. I know we all age, but he looks terrible in that film. Anyway. So movies, movies out loud. loud. Trixie Deluxe and uh, Real Radio. Sabrina. Sabrina Ambra. Ambro? Ambra. Ambra. And she, she's, she, I love her. She's delightful. I love her. Uh, they're very funny. I love uh, watching Trixie. Trixie does like uh, like charity bingo nights at mm -hmm. Hamburger Mary's. 
and she's hilarious. Yeah. So it's funny. Uh, it's funny to go to these. Uh, but anyway, so they get microphones and they just play a movie and make fun of it the whole time. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm... this year we did Death Becomes Her. Yeah. Um, great film, in my opinion. I am aware that that is an unpopular opinion outside of people who like weird, campy, nostalgic 90 movies. Um, if you look at, I mean, if you pull up Rotten Tomatoes, it's probably not a well-reviewed movie. It has to be. A, I mean, they're making a musical out of it. It has to be good. <clears throat> they make a mu- musicals out of a lot of things that aren't very good. Um, did you ever hear of a stupid little movie called Titanic? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Bite your face, <laughs> sir. I'm gonna give that a shout out. I'm gonna I'm gonna research the entire cast of that movie that's coming out. Yeah. And if there is a gay person in it, you're gonna have to watch it. Um. So they made a they just so y'all know they made a screen well, they, they made oh, a yeah. film version of the stage stage version of Titanic the musical which is one of the most amazing musical soundtracks in the history of musicals. But go ahead. To quote Kanye, of all time, of all time. <laughs> anyway, so um, Death Becomes Her. What did the critics say? Fifty five. See, fifty five percent. Critics don't know shit. What did the audience say? Sixty one. Fuck audiences. They don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. A and lot of people do. I thought it was delightful. However, yes, I can see when you watch Just it. Just none of things. them. None of them are Rotten Tomatoes critics. No, no, they are pretty rotten. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was a really good time. Um, uh, they, you know, it was just, uh, it's just a good event. It's a fun event. It really is. It really is. We should do them more often. You know why? They just we, don't make money. We should do Jack and Jill. <laughs> I'll invite my mother. And she, only her, will do commentary of what she finds so damn funny about this movie. <laughs> I feel like there would be a protest. I mean, I just feel like Adam Sandler dressed as a as a woman is not going to... I've seen how they treat queer issues in early Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. I can't imagine that it is handled with... I know I've watched it. And I for right now, I can't think of anything that was like grossly offensive as far as adam sandler goes it was very tasteful um it's a lot of dick and fart jokes yeah maybe what we'll do one of these days is we'll do movies that we loved as kids and as adults we realized Ooh. how insensitive they are I've got a couple yeah I did. Oh. just one of the guys oh yeah. i watched that movie so many times when i was a kid mm. teen wolf we talked about this before. Oh, yeah, Table, yeah, yeah. They just throw the F word, and I don't mean fuck. Well, you I know what? You're going to have to say that a lot when we talk about the second movie we're going to talk about, because they said it every other word. Yes. Anyway, so we're going to move on to to talk about our assignments. Yes. Yeah. I hate that we call it assignments, because then it feels like work, and it's like, ugh, i got to watch this. You know, i got to get comfy on my couch and make some snacks and watch a movie. I mean, yeah, I mean let's get real. I'm going <laughs> to sit on my couch and watch TV anyway. It might as well be. You know, that's like when, I, when we went to the um, Association of Alternative Newspapers conference, and I was on that publisher track, and they were talking about podcasts. And I was like, oh, we do, an, a, a pod, we do a podcast at Watermark. And they're like, how much time do you have to invest into this? And I was like, oh, sometimes we'll watch a whole series, you know, that's got three or four seasons and we got to watch that in a couple of days. And they're like, how do you have the time? And I'm like, I'm going to watch TV anyway. We, you know, we give ourselves 30 minutes before the show to Google some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and look how good we do. What are we talking about? <laughs> so uh, to continue in our Halloween Ooh, theme. the Halloween trilogy. We, um, and I just realized this came out in 2021. 
Yeah, well, uh, uh, I, 2021 or 2022? Well, this I think it's in 2021. Um, oh, yeah, it has been two years. I feel like we just saw this last year. And I'm watching these like they were brand new. Um, which explains more, because some of the cast members I recognize, I'm like, they look awfully young. Uh, but we watched uh, the second of the trilogy of Fear Street. This is Fear Street 1978. Yes. And you can tell that this one is 1978, because just like the first... You are bombarded by music of the era. Like, every, they say two words, and then it's like, you know, carry on my wayward friend, or whatever the song goes. Isn't that the, they played that one song, Wayward Son, I think it is. But <laughs> so, and then they, like, two people talk, and then it's like, oh, geez, and then they cut to another 70s song. I won't sing the other ones, because we don't do have the rights. Do you remember them? Oh, that's too bad, because I would, you know what I want to do, is I want to pretend that we are confident that it's carry on my wayward friend and just go with it and see if anybody gets annoyed. I say it is. Mandela effect. That's, that's what the, the song one, was when that, I heard is it. Is that the, the, the one they kept playing on the cassette? There was one that the was... cassette? <laughs> <laughs> that sure was the one on the cassette. So listen, real quick. Yes. If I can do this real quick. I used to live in New York, and my favorite place to go in New York was the Duplex, which is a piano bar. Now, it wasn't like... You know, these Broadway piano bars, which nowadays I, I live for. I would love to go to. This was just like an upright piano and people would go and they would sing um, songs like, I mean, not anything that was popular. Like, um, <laughs> did I say anything that was popular? And then I'm going to say he sang this Cat Stevens song, Father and Son. Not a popular song. but like, I love that song. Yeah, I, I did too. But no, people would get up and they would sing. So all of the staff, right, would rotate and they'd go sing. And then they would allow people in the audience to come up and sing. But there's a two-song maximum to sing back-to-back if you were a member of the audience. And there's this one person who was just not a very good singer. Mm. I'm sorry if you're listening. But (laughs) we did not – we enjoyed it because it was fun. Um, But, you know, she got up and she was singing like Half Breed from Cher and something else. And every time – they would say, and taking full advantage of her two-song maximum <laughs> is, and then they'd say her name, and hilarious. But there was this one guy who was like 400 years old, and he would get up and sing these crooner things. But also the people who would get up to sing from time to time were like trying to 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 what are they, sell their their CDs because yeah. this was like in the CD era, and they would try to get people to to buy their CDs. But this guy cassettes and the guy at the piano would always say you know like and here he is with his cassettes <laughs> so that's why i say cassettes i love it um so yeah so fear street 1978 the second in uh, a trilogy uh we'll be hitting up the third film next week uh but this one and as each one of the films in this trilogy uh is kind of an homage the first one an homage to scream from the 90s um this one is an homage to the friday the 13th um so takes place at a summer camp. Uh, the film actually opens with the with the the first film. Um, the couple, um, uh, what are their names? Dina and her brother Josh. They've taken possessed Sam. They're not the couple. They're not the couple. They take <laughs> Dina's girlfriend Sam to the house of this woman who uh, is the only known survivor. If you watched the first movie or heard us talk about the first movie, uh, she's the only other known survivor from. Um, these serial killings, uh, killers that happen throughout the history of this town uh, or this pair of towns. So they go and her name is Ziggy and she tells the story of how she survived a serial killer at Camp 
what is it? What was the name of the camp? I wrote it down, but I don't see it. <laughs> it was Nightwing. Camp Nightwing. And I knew that because it's named after a Batman character. Camp Nightwing. Um, so um, then it flashes back to 1978. And you get the blaring of the 70s music, so you know where you are. Now, I want to... I just wanted to, to, to ask a quick question. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a plot hole or if I heard it wrong. So when she shows um, old Ziggy, mm-hmm. old Ziggy shows the photo of her and her sister and said, doesn't she say this is when we got to camp? And then she says one week later, my sister was dead. I don't know. Because then they go to camp and Ziggy's getting all kinds of shit and they describe how week after week after week she's about to get kicked out of this camp. And I was like, wait a minute. Is it one week or is it five weeks? I don't know. No. You paid attention more than I did to the first <laughs> film. I now, they may not. Have, it may have just been a photo. She may have just said yeah. this photo was taken there. I remember there. she showed the photo. Um, and every time somebody holds a photo up, I'm a, I love the movie Kill Bill. Every time somebody holds a photo, when me and Chris see something, we're always like, I beseech you in the name of my daughter. <laughs> anyway, that's what I thought of when she held the film up. Um, but yeah, so uh, she says, my sister died in a, a week later. Uh, apparently, that was a, a photo from their first day. Again. I don't know. I don't remember what they said. But um, uh, so they flash back. Ziggy, uh, for those who watch uh, Stranger Things, uh, will look familiar. Uh, because it is um, Sadie Sink who plays, uh, who's in um, Stranger Things, but she's also in The Whale that came out last year. Playing oh, the daughter yeah. in The Whale. Ooh, excuse me. <clears throat> wow. Is she just really angry in everything she is in? Everything I have seen her in, yes. This poor girl, I'm sure her, her acting ability is is more than just angry young girl, but she has been typecast because everything I've seen her in, she is the angry girl she's super angry in this she's so angsty when you said in the first one you were like dina was like this sort of stereotypical angry lesbian lesbian, i was like "Ooh, she is nowhere near as angry as this This is definitely angry 1970s feminist burn my bra um how dare you man step up to me kind of girl it's the 70s it's a very problematic time and there's some problematic things that we'll get to um so it opens with um, Ziggy running through the woods. And you think that, oh no, it's, it's opening right with a kill. Um, and no, she's being chased. This, right off the bat, she punched in the face by a guy. Right? And I was like, dude, not cool. Um, but she, she's running in the woods. Well, and the I think you just explained her. why she's so angry. Yeah. Decks her in the face. Uh, apparently he is the, um, the bodyguard stooge for the mean girls at the camp because then the three girls walk up and now, anybody who watches slasher films knows that there's certain stereotypes particularly when it comes to like the friday the 13th movie there's always stereotypes um you have like the mean girl and you have the weird awkward girl and you have the good girl and the jock and the stoner they're all here um but this is like sheila i think is her name it's just like queen bitch uh, mean girl. I will not tell you what I wrote down about Sheila because I fear that my mom will listen to this podcast. <laughs> I am not allowed to say this word. Um, but she is something. Yeah. Horrible. So they like string her up on this tree and then burn her with a lighter. I'm like, was there no safety in the 70s? Do you know what else I'm surprised? 
There is not one adult no. at this camp. And here's the... Well, there was one, um, the nurse, oh. who we'll get to. <laughs> okay, my, my mistake. There was a nurse, but everybody else... Yeah. Like, I get the vibe that they're, like, high school kids running this camp. Now, in the... I don't know if you're you're somebody who watches the Friday the 13th movies. The Friday the 13th movies are that way also. Like, the camp counselors are the ones who keep track of the children. And I had a conversation with my roommate about this. But it seemed like there were adults back then because people look older back then. Like, when you watch something from the 70s or 80s, you ever notice that the kids, even though they're, like, in their early 20s, they all look like they're in their 30s? Even if they're not in their Yeah, 30s. like John Travolta in Greece. Well, that because he actually was in yeah, his 30s. Like he's not a high school student. But, I mean, they didn't have, like, the creams and the serums that we have today, so they all look really old. So it looked like adults were there. I'm not going to say what member age. of my family. My, I have a member of my family whose eighth grade photo um, looks like she's like <laughs> like Linda in accounting. Like she looks, she, I mean, this is like, I mean, we're talking like 40s. Oh, wow. And I mean, I kind of kind of gives you a hint of who I'm talking about. But um, I look at that eighth grade photo. I'm like, wow. Yeah, she's, yeah, they- she's getting ready to audit you and you're going to pay. <laughs> I don't know what was happening back then. Maybe all the smoking and cocaine. I don't know. But uh, people looked way older back then. So um, they're, they got a strung up on the tree. They're lighting her with a lighter. And then two counselors come running up. One of them is um, kind of the, the douchebag jock guy. And the other one is young Nick Cook, who you'll remember from the first film, is the sheriff. This is him, young, uh, young Mr. Good. The one that punches her no no i'm just saying the one who punches her is isn't he part of the good family because he said something like oh here comes my brother you really paid attention to the dialogue more than i did i thought it's our job i didn't remember this maybe though there is some other goods like i didn't know he was the mayor is he the one that becomes the mayor yes yes you're right because his brother is the mayor yeah that's right that is him so yeah it's his brother he comes up his brother is the sheriff from the first film and the one who punches her no 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 no. the mayor mayor is punches her the one who comes up and rescues her becomes the sheriff why did the mayor punch a girl anyway it's weird 70s bro (laughs) so um nick good sheriff future sheriff nick good um has a thing for ziggy he's his little crush on her so he saves her and ziggy of course um uh, is just angsty and and lashes out and tells them all to leave her alone. Um, even Mr. Good, even though he helped her. Um, so uh, what you realize is the camp, just like in the first movie with the football teams, is broken up into two factions. You have Shadyside and you have Sunnyvale, broken up by the cities. Sunnyvale is all very... Every, they're, they're the winners. They win everything at camp. They're the popular kids. Everyone loves they win, them. They win the color war. Oh, oh, oh well... Speaking of problematic, let's get to that. Yeah. So um, this evening is the color war. And the color war is uh, Sunnyvale wears red and Shadyside wears blue and they play capture the flag. Very, very problematic that they call it the color war. Because anyone of color at the camp is on the shady side. It's, when I was looking, I'm pretty sure everyone on Sunnyvale is white and privileged. So calling it the color war just is really bad. I hear this is a really popular popular movie with the MAGA crowd. <laughs> um, 
So I mentioned here, you know, all the stereotypes are there. Um, you meet Ziggy's sister, who's the good girl. Um, she is from Shady Side, um, but she really wants to be. She wants to get out. So um, she, you know, crosses her T's, dots her eyes, wears polos, tries to be Sunnyvale as much as she can. Um, and in the beginning, of it, you just meet all the stereotypes. You meet the six sex crazed couple, uh, where you get your first uh, ass shot. There's two ass shots in here. Uh, I'm going to mention that only because of the three films, this is the this has less LGBT in it than the others. Um, you have Dina, who's uh, the lesbian protagonist in the beginning, um, but this one doesn't have a, a whole lot of gay in it. Uh, but it does have two bare male asses. So I'm going to point both of those out for our gay listeners. Now, you mean B-A-R-E, bear, not B-E-A-R, bear, male. Yes. They are bare as in naked, not bare as in they are both hairless asses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, there's no other way to say it. He's banging this chick on a desk. And good girl walks in and she's like, oh, man. And he turns around. Now, these she- are the druggies. Yeah, yeah. The she, she gets a she gets a look at the goods, but you know, uh, we it's not X-rated, so we don't get to see the goods. But uh, she gets to see uh, the, the the goods, and uh, so she's telling them to get out. Uh, in the meantime, Ziggy is going to the nurse, Nurse Lane, uh, who is uh, to get her her uh, burn on her arm from the lighter uh, taken care of. And here is where we learn that Nurse Lane is the mother of what was her name ruby lane ruby lane uh who was the razor blade singing killer from the first one yes. she's the mom of this murderer and obviously in 1978 the her sister's murders took place like 10 years before that or something like that so she's all kind of you know weird and zoned out she's the only adult that we meet uh in this entire process and uh she gives her a, a little bomb to put on her burn and she leaves and then nurse goes crazy um and sister is uh cleaning uh, some floors or something with her boyfriend and the nurse comes in with a butcher knife and says i saw your name on the wall and goes after him with a butcher knife yeah she's tommy that's it she attacks she, tommy tells tommy. she says you're gonna die tonight gonna either die way tonight. And so I gonna... saw your name on the wall and just goes at him with a knife. Now, she is played by, did I write this down? By uh, Jordana Spiro. Sure. And I just wrote her down because she's in Ozark. And oh, she's divine. You enjoy that show. She's divine in everything she's in. She's a good actress. Uh, well, she convinced me that she's crazy in this movie. Um, so they take her away. <clears throat> and, then, uh, and then we start the color war. Which, um, which is basically capture the just flag. Just capture the flag, yeah. So um, it's red versus blue, uh, the rich versus the poor, um, and uh, uh, they're all in there and they're all getting hyped up. Uh, and then uh, in the meantime, uh, Tommy and her sister named Cindy, they're a couple, says Ziggy's uh, sister, and then the two uh, potheads, Alice. And I want to say Aiden. Um, it was something like that. Did I write their names down? I don't know. You know why I didn't write their Arnie. names down? There it is. Alice and Arnie. I just call them the druggies because they do a lot of drugs. But also, she's just annoying. 
She is definitely stereotypical. Man, I'm a rocker chick who does drugs, and you need to you need to pull the stick out your ass, man. I mean, it's just a step too far for me. Uh, it's a caricature of a for person. For the most part, most of the people in this movie, caricatures. Yeah, but I can deal with those. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I can deal with the with most of them. But the but for whatever reason, this one person is just yeah. So the four the of them are in the nurse's office because Cindy wants to find out what made Nurse Lane go crazy. And they find a journal that um, she talks about the witch curse. Uh, Sarah Frere, who's uh, from the first movie. Uh, Sarah Fear. Sarah Fear. Sarah Fear. Sarah <laughs> Sounded like you said Sarah Fryer. I'm like, yeah. I don't know that she was religious. Sarah Freer. Freer? Fear. Fear. I think that's why they call it Fear Street. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Sarah Fear. Uh, we've, um, we've already discussed that I'm a nerd when it comes to this movie, and I've paid ooh, way someone more attention. Listened, someone watched this movie with the captions on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they find her diary, and there's a map of, um, of, uh, of the camp. And apparently, uh, the nurse has been looking for Sarah Fair's um, missing hand. So when she got buried, her hand was missing... And it got separated with the body, and I believe that's why they believe that this curse is happening because her her full body was not put to rest. Do you know what? Together. Do you know what made me made me happy to learn, or what I feel like I'm learning is that in the first movie when the yes. car accident happened and the girl landed on the dead body of this witch that died 200 years ago. Yes. I was like, how is it even possible? Like, How is it still on the surface? How is yeah. it still on the surface? And then you come to find out in the second one that it's probably because the lady in 78 dug the body up. Yeah. And it was it left it on top of the thing. So, okay, I get yeah. it. So it all starts to piece together. Yeah. Um. So they go on a, they go searching and they find the witch's house. And they go in and it leads into this cave. And there's like this satanic setup, you know, with the, with the, the, thing on the ground and the stones and the names in the wall yeah i gotta ask a question what yeah. year what year did jason Voorhees kill everybody at crystal lake 1980 i believe is when friday the 13th came out okay so so this would be before i'm just like seriously you find a cabin in the woods where somebody is possessing people and murdering people why do you go in because they don't have the internet they don't know any better i don't know and i don't know also i will say that I criticize people for doing this kind of shit, but I I think my house might be haunted. And first, A, haven't moved out yet. Secondly, I go and investigate weird noises. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to be the one who gets killed because I went and investigated the weird noise in the attic. And uh, yeah, so I guess I can see why they do it. Because <laughs> I probably would. This is it. why I have dogs. If there's a weird noise, must have been the dog. Hmm. I think it's the ghosts. Anyway, so they go into the they go into the Satan cave. This um, makes no sense to me. <laughs> they get really deep into that thing, crawling yes. in holes and going. Oh yeah, why? They're they're curious, right? Have this you is ever been curious of something? Not that curious. And you just follow it to the end. I'm just I'm telling you, like I don't know. Just not not yeah. no. Um, I mean, so, you could put Tom Holland in a speedo, three rooms down that had to crawl through like that, and I'd be like, "Sorry, Tom, it's not going to work out." You could put Tom Holland speedo in that room, and I would. Go. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, so, so <laughs> they go down in the cave and uh, written on the stones in this little satanic temple setup that they've got are na- the names of all the serial killers. And at the bottom, as Nurse Lane tried to warn them, Tommy's name was carved into that stone. And as they read, it's, oh my God, it's Tommy. Uh, they turn around and Tommy buries an axe in the face of Aiden? Arnie. I guess it doesn't matter. He's dead. He's out of the movie. Um, for those who uh, are keeping track, uh, Arnie is the one whose ass we saw earlier. So um, he kills Arnie. Uh, Cindy and Alice scream and they run. And uh, Tommy goes out of the cave. Now, I do want to point out that this is a slasher film. Arnie is the first person to die in this film. It's 44 minutes into this movie. Of all three of these movies I'm watching, this is like, where the hell is the killing in this slasher film? From this point on, the killing, so they, they start to go much more rapidly, but it doesn't happen until 44 minutes in. You know what's interesting? I, I always like to point this out, because it's the one thing that I learned when I was in college. Yes. <laughs> I took a film class that's like... Um, it wasn't, you know, like how to make a movie. It was clearly, because if you've seen the documentary, <laughs> um, but it was more like, how do you, um, um, like the history of movies and norms and that sort of a yeah. thing. And so during this whole slasher film era, there, you, you couldn't, you couldn't just kill somebody uh, in a movie. It had to be justified. So that's why when you watch slasher movies um, in like, if people, teenagers, Having premarital sex, teenagers doing drugs, teenagers drinking alcohol, those are always the ones to die yep. uh, because they were terrible children and deserved it. And that's kind of why they why they did it that way. Yeah. If you've ever seen the movie, either Scream, Scream, uh, the original one explains like the rules of the final girl and how she's pure and innocent and that's why uh, she always survives. But also there's a movie called Cabin in the Woods that is... An amazing movie. And I'm trying to think if there's any gay... I don't think there's any gay characters in it. Although, um, Jesse Williams from uh, Take Me Home. Take Me Out. Take Me Out. And Grey's Anatomy. And Grey's Anatomy. Um, he's in it. And it is such a... But it, it, it lays out that whole kind of... Uh, the stereotypes of all the slasher films and why they are all in those roles and what those roles mean and stuff. It's just such a really great If you movie. ever find that there's a gay person attached to that, I just will let you know I will not watch that movie. <laughs> so good. So it, good. There's, it cannot be worth You're a big fan the, of the years of sleep I will lose. The West Wing. You like The West Wing? Yes. Um, Bradley... What's his name? Bradley something. Yes. He's in it. Whit- Whitley? Whitley. Bradley Whitley. Is that it? I think so. He's in it, and it is such, it's so much more than just a slasher film. It is honestly one of the best horror films I've ever seen in my life. Um, the people around who created it were also um, people who were involved in the making of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. So another re- I mean, just it's so well written, and it's just so well executed. Such a good movie. Um, if you ever put your big boy pants on, you should watch it. <laughs> you know what? There's a direct correlation between the amount of horror movies that I watch uh-huh. and the amount of noises I hear in my house. <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Tommy goes on his killing spree. Um, and this is where I take umbrage with this movie. So the next person to die is is this, uh, uh, this young doughy little fat camper <laughs> whose name is Jeremy. 
Um, he's this little chubby camper with a lisp, and he's like, Aww. "Guys, why won't you listen to me?" He's the jailer <laughs> on the bl- the red the the blue side, the um uh, shady side. So they're playing capture the flag. So each one has a a jail, and he's the jailer, and they just did him so fucking dirty in this movie. So they're all picking on him. And then uh, he hears a noise outside, and much like this Jeremy, he goes to investigate the noise. And he opens the door, and two little bastards from the red side pelt him with eggs, and then all the red team members run out of jail, and they're like, suck it, Jeremy. And I was like, no, you suck it. (laughs) Um, So he's sitting there covered in egg, this poor little doughy child. And then he looks up, and he's like, oh, hey, Tommy. And Tommy buries his axe in his head. You don't see it because you don't you don't see any of the deaths of the children because we have some decorum yeah. in this movie. Uh, but he murders this poor little lispy fat Jeremy and <laughs> I did not I didn't appreciate it. There's a million names you could have given that kid and you had to go with Jeremy. Like Jeremy's haven't been through enough. Why have couldn't, he, why couldn't Jeremy song? have been like the, the popular sporty kid? Right? Why couldn't Jeremy be one of the two fine asses we saw in this movie? No, we're the fat doughy kid. Uh, because he was just a young camper. This Jeremy, not that Jeremy. <laughs> I must specify. Me, Jeremy, not you, Jeremy. Um, so he, Tommy's on his killing spree. He's out there hacking little children up. Um, in the meantime... Uh, Cindy and Alice are trapped in the, the, the cave trying to get uh, find a way out. Um, they do eventually find a way out through the, through the shitters in the outhouse. These girls have been through it. Um, so they follow the track and uh, they apparently there's an outhouse there for this cave. And they just shit down into this cave. You sit on the toilet and the shit and piss just comes down in this cave. So they crawl through that to get to the outhouses. Um... In the meantime, upstairs, um, Ziggy hooks up with Mr. Good. Nick. Nick. Nick Good. Um, and he, Future Sheriff. Future Sheriff. He's uh, He has a thing for Ziggy, so they kiss, and uh, then they all find the body of Jeremy. And they're like, oh, shit, there's a killer. So uh, they have everybody meet in um, uh, the mess hall, and uh, they're trying to gather the campers. And they're they're going around trying to find out where all the campers are, make sure everybody's accounted for. In the meantime, ask number two, um, the jock is having sex. He's one of the sunny veils. He's having sex with one of the shady sides. So one of the, the little drug girls. I can't believe it. And he's like, don't tell people. Um, and you see his ass as he's walking to the bathroom after he gets done having sex with this chick. So um, ass number two. He's a good looking guy. He's a nice ass. I ain't gonna lie. He's a dick, but it's a nice ass. Um, so he goes in to take a shower and Tommy hacks the chick to, to death. Um, she goes to invest again, investigate a noise. Um, and he kills her with the axe. So, um, people are dying left and right. Uh, these two girls are trying to get out through the shitter. Um, we should mention that, uh, Ziggy and Nick, uh, to pay Sheila back, um, who's the nasty mean girl from the beginning who burns Ziggy with the lighter. Um, they lock her in the outhouse and dump him. <laughs> bucket of uh, insects all over her and a, and a very large spider yes yes they want she wanted to do red paint a la carry there's a, a the two nick and, and ziggy bond over their love of stephen king so they were going to carry her um but they decide uh nick's like i got an idea and they dumped a bunch of bugs on her from the science lab uh, and what they should have done 
was murder her. Yeah. Sheila's an awful person. She's awful. They should have introduced her to Tommy. She needed to die. Yeah. Um, so um, Ziggy runs back to the outhouse because they remembered that they locked Sheila in the outhouse. And uh, there's a murderer on the loose. Uh, and she gets out and Zila, uh, Zila, Sheila and her fight. And uh, then uh, uh, Tommy comes in and is killing. They get uh, Cindy and Alice out of uh, of the cave and they kill Tommy. So they realize that they've got to bury the hand at the tree. Um, so they go, the sisters, Cindy and Ziggy and the witch, Sarah Fear. Um, says, not on my watch, bitch, and raises the dead among <laughs> serial killers. Out of that weird heart thing that was growing in the... Oh, that's right. The, the the cave is alive, and there's a giant heart thing, which Alice touches, and she's... Which kind of, I thought, was a throwback to Stephen King and that yeah. that big spider thing that lived in the, in mm. the sewers of It. Yeah, there's a lot of homages to horror from the 70s and 80s. Um... So they're running to the tree, and they, they're trying to bury the hand. And just like similar uh, with Sam in the first movie, you've got um, all the dead spirits of the killers coming at them. And they bury the hand. It doesn't stop them. They realize somebody dug up the bones of Sarah Fear and moved them. So um, Cindy's like, run, Ziggy. I'm going to protect you. And so she goes to hit uh, Tommy with the axe and he hits her with the shovel and he hits her with the axe. And one of the little serial killers stabs Ziggy. And then we watch them just both get brutally murdered. Brutally. I mean, just, I mean, sad music, slow-mo, axe bearing in the chest, blood flying. The sisters are reaching their hands out to each other. Just brutal. That, like, the stabbing of Ziggy, though, because I knew Ziggy was going to die. They say yeah. in the first time that Ziggy died and... And they yeah. bring her back. But, like, how did she survive that? She got stabbed, like, 20 yeah. times in, like, the 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 side. Yeah. It's just, it's terrible, terrible. So That's they're brutal. laying their dead. And then the monsters all disappear because they their mission is done. Um, and good Sheriff Nick comes over and gives CPR to Ziggy and brings her back. And she gets, uh, she's put on a gurney and she's being taken into an ambulance. And she's like, it was the, it was the ghost of Sarah Fear and... And uh, Nick, tell them, tell them. And uh, one of the sheriffs look and says, what happened, Nick? And he's like, just a crazy Tommy. Crazy Tommy. Uh, he just went nuts. And that is how 1978 ends. Well, we, we come back to the present. Well, present. 1994. And uh, uh, Dina says, I know where the bones are. And her and Josh go out there and she tells Josh to stay in the car. She's going. She to, has the hand now. Oh yes, yeah, they got, go and they dig up because the tree she, is where the mall is from the first one. There's that yeah. big tree in the she mall. Got, she got the hand from Ziggy. Yeah. Well, no, they dug it up because remember they went to the mall oh, and yeah. dug it up because she said I let I dropped oh, it right, the tree right, and right, it right. got in the hole. So they got the hand, went back to where they know the body is, and she buries the hand with the body, and then she is transported back to nineteen or no sixteen sixty six. And she's looking in the water from the, the rain. And even though we're seeing Dina, Dina is in the body of Seraphir. Dun, dun, dun. To be continued. That's where the movie yeah. cuts. And it picks up in the third film, where we will pick up next Monday. I thought that this was much scarier than the first one. And maybe yes. it's because it had that Friday the 13th vibe. And that's like the real first horror movie I ever saw was Friday yeah. the 13th. Scare the crap out of me. 
Um, I think because they're trying to do homages to these films, Scream has more of a comedy yeah. to the to the horror. Which so they did that with the first one. This one was just straight up slasher, uh, digging into the mythos of it. So it, yeah, it's a little more creepy, a little more scary, a little less gay. Although, like I said, I don't think we got two ass shots in the first one. <laughs> So I just I, I didn't make very many notes about this because I was actually just really into the movie. Yeah. Um. But kids will swim in anything. Do you? I don't know if you caught this, but at the very beginning of the movie, they're like, there's like obviously it's a camp, so there's a lake, and this kid goes and jump jumps in it. He might as well have been jumping into chocolate pudding. It yeah. was like this brown, gross, like. Yeah. Um. I think that's just a 70s and 80s thing. Because I remember, when, I'm sure you were the same way. When we were a kid, we would swim in any hole in the wall. Any, you know, little lake. So. Um, we also we drink water right from the hose, which grosses out my nieces and nephews when we talk about that. They're like, you just drink from the garden hose? Like, yeah. It's you're, cold. You're outside and you're thirsty. You're playing. You just drink from the garden hose. That mortified the children these days. <laughs> that's unfiltered. How can you drink that? Kids today. Uh. I know. Um, so, yeah. So, and that whole thing with the clocks, what was that all about? Does that get explained in the third one? I feel like it does. I haven't, apparently haven't watched this in two years because I watched it when it first came out. And then I'm re-watching it now for the second time. So, I didn't watch the third film, although I was tempted to watch it after this one. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I had to watch uh, our next film. Oh. Um, so, I watched God. that instead. But, um I feel like the clock thing gets explained. But yeah, she's um, Ziggy, adult Ziggy, has a lot of clocks and alarms going off. And she's got a calendar. She keeps track of how many days she's been alive. Um, and I just want to say, Ziggy, I know that you're trying to stay alive for, you know, you've got the curse going on, but is that any life to live? Is it, <laughs> what are you living for? Well, and, and, and because her blood got on the hand, yes. but her name was never etched. No. So no. why are they? So they're just coming after her because her blood was on the hand. And if they're coming after, her, they're not doing a very good job. Yes, but she died, so they stopped coming for her. But then she says it never ends. They're still coming right. for her. Well, she she never says they're still coming for her, but they she says it never ends. But we don't know what that means. I don't know. But oh, maybe okay. we'll learn in the third. Movie. Maybe. What do you think? Rotten Tomatoes for this one. I feel like this one probably because it's more sticking to the that. Uh, that slasher uh, uh, story, uh, the, the the films that they love. So I feel like the people probably love the, the, the second one a little more. And I say that like I remember what the freaking score was for last movie. Remember. But I'm going to say 86 for audience, or for, um, uh, for critics and um, good 88 with audiences. 87 critics, 80 audience. Oh. And you know what? I find that odd because I find these movies to be enjoyable. I do, too. I do, too. Um, my only thing is the constant bombardment of music, particularly in the first 30 to 45 minutes of the movie, to let you know what the time period is. It's like every other sentence is a music. But it's good music. It is good music. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me at all. But um, I just, I wish, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's just a, an over, it's overboard. Although, most of the songs from the 70s, if you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, um, a lot of them are the move, the songs that are on his mixtapes. So I do enjoy that. Um, yeah, Bombardment of Things is a great transition into Ooh. the next movie. Now, we're going to try to do this in 15 or 20 minutes. Oh, yes. And the good thing is, 
is that there's not a lot of substance to this one. Yes. So we shouldn't have um, go on too long about it. A lot of opinions, not so much substance. We watched um, the new movie Down Low, yes. starring Zachary Quinto and Lucas Cage. Yes. Lucas Gage. Luke, Lucas Gage. Lucas Gage you might remember from The White Lotus. Yes, the infamous rimming scene Yes, from White Lotus. Um, and Zachary Quinto, I'm sure you know from Heroes, American Horror Story. Um, he plays Spock. Spock in the new Star Wars, Star Trek movies. New as in 15 years ago. The newest. So did you know Lucas Gage was one of the writers of this movie? I did not. Before I give, we give overall opinions, one thing I do want to say that I really enjoyed about this movie is the cons- the, the writing on in it, the constant pop culture references. It was like watching a movie with people that I hang out with. Because everyone <laughs> I hang out with talks in pop culture references. So I do appreciate that. And knowing he wrote this makes me appreciate him a little more. Yeah, I'm a fan of his, actually. Yeah. He's also kind of cute. I mean, maybe not this movie. But I'm a fan of his. Based on, I mean, I know we're just starting to talk about it, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here, I think I might have liked this movie a little more than you did. Because I didn't hate it. I I don't... Uh, How did you feel? I don't think I hated it. Yeah. It was cute at times, um, but just mostly weird. It's a weird, kind of dark comedy... So Zachary I did, Quinto. Oh, go ahead. I would just want to like because I think this will be something to to keep in mind as as we go through and talk about this film. That the so Ryder Doyle is the director. Yeah. And I watched an interview with him and uh, somebody. I watched this interview and honestly, we've been talking about doing this at Watermark where we do um, recorded interviews of of people. And after watching this, I was like, I don't know if we should do that. <laughs> I don't know if you all want to be out there like that because the interviewer was, yeah, that was interesting. So anyway, Ryder Doyle, he said, this is his quote, um, why he made this movie. It's the gay movie I always wanted to see. Really? And I thought, this is the one you always wanted to see? Not like, not like Brokeback Mountain or, or, you know, some, some crazy, some great love story. No, what I wanted to see was this crazy movie. (laughs) Now, I can appreciate a good dark comedy, and I can appreciate a weird out there movie. But, um, yeah, if, if if you ask me, hey, Jeremy, what kind of gay movie you want to see? I'm not sure this this is the movie. <laughs> but, but it spoke it, to him, and that's why we're Now, here. I say that as someone who bought the movie. I didn't rent it. I oh. bought it. But in my defense, on Voodoo, it was $3 more to buy it than to rent it. And I was like, three dollars and if it ends up being a good movie at least i own it and now you get to see lucas gage anytime you want yeah he's a good looking guy he is he was way more clothed in this one than he was in white lotus which is a little disappointing um i'm a little disappointed that i saw more male ass in the last movie than this one (laughs) um being that this is a gay movie about sex um so just to kind of give a great a brief synopsis of the film zachary quinto is uh, a well-off, wealthy uh, man, just came out of the closet. He had a wife, they had two sons, um, and he came in as gay. She left him um, with their two sons. and uh, She took, she left with the yeah, kids. Yeah, she took the kids. Yeah. Um, and he, the movie opens with him getting a massage from uh, Lucas Gage's character, Cameron, 
um, who he initially introduced himself as Corey with a K. Um, and uh, he's giving a massage and he's like, is there anything else I can do for you? And he's like, he says, is there any, is there any place that you would like me to pay yes. special attention to? And uh, I don't remember his exact words, but he basically says oh, his penis. He, you know, he, does, he turns over and he goes, you can concentrate lower. lower. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's looking for handsy. Now, I just want to point this out because yeah. I, I made this note. It, it so he's given him he's given him a handy his happy ending, and they go they pan from the outside of the house. Yes, and you completely see the shadow puppet of, of him yeah. going to town on this guy. And I'm thinking, if your curtains are that see through, pick a different room. Or it's if a your big house that see through. It's a perfect room to do it in. Maybe he wanted people to see. Maybe he wanted. I can't imagine in that neighborhood. That would have gone over. The police would have been there right away, and no one would have died. <laughs> Although there was, he has a huge backyard. He may have had acres of land back there. No one saw. I got the impression it was from the street that oh. you were seeing it, and it was a, it was the front of the house, which is what was weird. Because I'm like, you have like all because they had curtains. None of the, none of the back rooms had curtains. Ah, gotcha. I don't know why I noticed that. Sorry. I, I... So he's getting the the the, the thing, um, and. Uh, while he's doing it, he's very awkward. He's never done anything like this before. And you find that out in the middle of the handsy. Um, he is uh, divorced from his wife. Something else you find in the middle of the handsy. He's just, he's talking a lot. You learn a lot of exposition in this film while he's getting a hand job. Um, you also find out uh, Gary, who is the character that Zachary Quinto plays, uh, is dying of a brain tumor. Way to bring the room down, Gary. <laughs> We were all excited that you were getting some, and then you're like, oh, I have an inoperable now, I know brain this tumor. is going to sound weird, but at one point while he's doing it, while he's doing the handy, he, the, the, the guy performing, the masseur, yes. <laughs> um, is like, oh, I can't do this to classical music. And he puts on this, like, <laughs> this, like, crazed, I don't know what the song is, but it was very graphic. I need to find out if it's a real song or not. Oh, right. I need to find out if that's a real rap song or not. Yeah, but it's it's very Nicki Minaj. It's like like it, it was Cardi like Cardi B, Megan The Stallion, WAP style, right. um, kind of. And he's just going to town to this. I think you uh, missed your calling. This rap song. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so, um, so yeah, he's uh, this weird rap song, and he's going to town on him. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so Cameron then... finds out that this is the first time that that Gary has ever been touched by a man. Um, so he says, "We're going to do this right," and he downloads what was the name of the app? I wrote it down here. Hold on, don't go anywhere. Plunger. <laughs> <laughs> he downloads Plunger. Well, it wasn't Mr. Uh, oh. um, I'm sure it's a... They're doctors. It's a very good app. Um, Plunger with an R, not an ER. Just because that's what we do nowadays. You find an app, you put an ER at the end, and then you drop the E. Um, so um, he pulls it up, and this is something... And this is the disconnect between straights and gays. Because this was not something that surprises me. But in talking to my brother who is straight and on straight dating apps, 
he thought this was the weirdest fucking thing. Um, he pulls up the app and it's all shirtless torsos. And my brother's like, we had talked about this. Like, like if you have Grinder or Growler, it's all like anonymous shirtless uh, torsos. And he's like, how do you know if you want to go out with them if you can't see them? And I said, you can see what you need to see. This yeah. is what you're looking for. You're not going out with them. You're going in with them. He was so confused him. that you wouldn't have face photos. It's like, it's just all shirtless torsos. I was like, that's all you need. That's all you want. So um, he pulls up Plunger and it's all shirtless torsos. And Z Gary looks at it. And uh, the, the the joke is he's supposed to say you can't see any any of these guys' faces. But he looks at me and he goes, oh my God, all these guys are so hot. Um, and he stops at one, this guy with a ball cap on um, that's kind of pulled down over his face and he's got a really hot body. And uh, Gary says, uh, I like his hat. And uh, that's enough for Cameron to say, okay, so two seconds in uh, to a chat with him. And this guy is on his way to Gary's house. So there's a ring at the bell. One thing I do want to point out that I thought was inappropriate is um, Gary's wife's name is Patty. And I know a Patty, so I was offended by this I, line, but... I wrote it down, too. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Um, but he makes reference to Patty being a very kind of mm -mm name. And I was like, that is not true, Cameron. I know many Patties who are lovely. I wrote that down because I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny. And I wish that it was appropriate to say this word because it's funny. But it's not. Um, some of the other Women get very offended at this word. Yes. We, as, as much as I would um, say. One of the other lines he says, um, Cameron says that cracked me up when uh, uh, Gary asked how he knew he was gay. He goes, I knew I was gay when I sucked dick at eating pussy. <laughs> And is that, like, what he, yeah. is that what he said that the, his love language is blowjobs? Yes, his love language is. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. He's like. Arr. And then uh, he also said um, it was pretty shitty of your family to to discon or to cut off all ties with you just because you prefer bussy over pussy. <laughs> so some of the writing in here is is a little funny. Um. So uh, where were we? Yes. So they it's very highbrow. The yes, writing. They have the guy come over. Um, he knocks on the door. This is the part of the movie that was unbelievable to, unbelievable to me. That I was like, mm, this isn't real life. He looked just like his photo. So he's like, I'm Sam. But the, uh, re but the real part of it was that the oh, other ones didn't. Yeah. Because they didn't put Zachary in it. That's true. Um, so um, they took a picture of Cameron. And their, their profile name was um, Lad and Dad. So Sam comes in. That's the, the hat guy's name. Um, he's got a pickup truck. He too has a wife at home, um, and he's on the down low. Hence the name of the movie. Everyone's on the down low except for Cameron. Um, they go upstairs, and uh, uh, Zachary Quinto's character Gary is sitting on the bed, and Sam's like, "Oh, Sam's uh, in his profile. He says he's a dom top." So he goes upstairs. He goes, "What's this? I didn't sign up for no threesome." So Cameron starts to. Um, be very dominant to Sam, who turns out, shocking, not a dumb top, which hmm. I think we've all run to on the apps. Um, turns out he's submissive, and he says, you're gonna do my... and get down on the bit and do right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we don't have to quote the film. <laughs> yeah, so, um, one thing leads to another, yada, 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 Sam ends up dead. <laughs> Yeah, because he's he's yelling at him. He's calling him names. Um, 
and I wrote this down. I'm going to have to use the F word because it's funny. Okay. Um, just in the in this reference. So he's so so Sam, the guy who comes over, he's mad that he can't perform because there's older guys in the room. Yes. And he's like, he's like, listen, you're the, they're they're arguing over who's lying and who's horrible, and and so Cameron is is being really mean towards this guy Sam, and Sam's like, he's like, you he's like, you're the one who didn't tell me that you had flowers in the attic up here, like meaning like that he's this old dude. And, and he's like, so he's like, listen, you know, you're the closeted one who's gay and can't tell his family. And he's like, I'm not gay. And Cameron says, you just referenced flowers in the attic. You're a faggot. (laughs) (laughs) They use that word a lot in this movie. So Sam does not appreciate the way that um, Cameron is speaking to him. So he keeps threatening. He's going to kick his ass. He charges him. Uh, Gary grabs Cameron and pulls him out of the way. Sam goes flying through the window, lands uh, on some concrete stairs uh, on uh, out the second story window, and he dies. So um, they go out there, and Gary and Cam have an argument because Gary wants to call 911. Cam's like, ah, you can't call 911. So Cam leaves. Then the body sits there until night. It just leaves him there. It's like, why didn't you call the cops or something at this point? So he just, the body stays there. Cam comes back. Um, and they decide they're going to move the body. So they wrap it in a tarp. And they bring it inside. And they're trying to figure out what to do with the body. Um, and there's a knock at the door. And uh, it's Judith Light from Who's the Boss? <laughs> uh, Judith Light plays the neighbor. And she seems a little out of it. At first you think she's drunk. But then you realize uh, she mentioned she's on Ambien. And it turns out a bunch of other pills. Um, so um, they hide the body in the closet while they deal with the with Judith Light, um, who I believe in the movie's name is Sandy. And uh, while they're bickering and arguing, Cam and, and Gary, Sandy finds the body in the closet. And she runs and locks herself in the closet upstairs um after standing at the the stairs and saying something to the effect of you queers are going to hell i took a bunch of pills and i'll be dead by the morning and then locked yourself in the closet she says something like you're all going to hell and for more than just being gay (laughs) because they've killed somebody yes and then locks herself in the closet after she says she took a bunch of pills um so you have a dead body in the closet you have a a drugged up neighbor in the closet upstairs so obviously um, you're, you're, the logical thing to do is to go on the dark web and find someone to take care of the body, which is what they did. Yeah. So they take Sam's phone, dead Sam's phone, from his pocket, and they look on the de- the, the black dark web. Dark web? Is that what it's called? Dark web. Um, to find somebody who will take the body. And they... <laughs> where What did they call him? The, the puppet. Something puppet. Flesh puppet. They yeah. find the flesh puppet on the dark web. Um, and invite him over to take care of the body. Uh, and it is played uh, by uh, Simon Rex. You know, y'all remember Simon Rex? He did some uh, porn back in the day? Yeah, I've seen his earliest work. Yes. He's he done some also, movies. That... He was also on uh, um, MTV for a while. Yeah. They were, it was solo work that he yeah. did. It was just him. Um, so um, he was also in some of the scary movies. Yes. Uh, movies, like the third, fourth one. Um, he's the, if, if you remember the one, he does the parody of the Eminem rap battle and then throws his hood up at the end of it. Uh, and it looks like a KKK 
hoodie in the middle in a room full of black people um let the laughs ensue <laughs> so he shows up at the door he is the flesh puppet aka buck and um he says i'm here for the body and uh so uh before they give him the body and they he's showing him how to clean everything up they all decide to smoke crack together <laughs> yeah he has crack yeah of so, course he does so he's the flesh of, puppet and so the, like this incredible it's like this like fantasy scene because it's like the first time that zachary quinto's yeah. character or, it's very much a gary has disco. ever yeah and he and he and like then you see like this is like gary falls in love with cameron kind of moment and they have this bonding thing what i love about this scene is that there's like this nightclub there's a disco <laughs> ball it's all this like beautiful thing they, they go jump in the in the Lake the lake out behind the us, and they're like to have this moment and they do that like almost touch fingers thing and then they but then they they cut from this fantasy that's in to, their to, minds to what's really happening and it's just three guys standing in the kitchen none of them near each other <laughs> just like with their eyes closed doing this like half dance kind of a thing and it's hilarious uh my favorite part is is buck is uh making like he's the dj but he's just kind yeah. of gently rubbing records that are not there um it's so funny because it also it reminds me of this scene from family guy when i think peter and lois get high oh yeah and, and then they, they think they're this great thing and then it it shows them do this concert where everybody loves them and then it plays like what they actually sounded like it is um i have um i have no basis for this but it appears to me to be a very accurate representation yeah. of a fantasy life on drugs versus reality yeah, and it's i wrote hilarious. down here um i have never smoked crack before but this movie made it look like it's a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> so crack. i'm not sure that's what they were going for you know what a contradictory to what i've been told crack is not whack no it looked a lot of fun um i do want to point out that uh flesh puppet he does mention <laughs> please point out flesh puppet. that he does want the body because he does plan to have sex with that's yes that is his what he his kink um, he finds out that the body is a male body and he first he's like, oh, it's a man. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, all right. And uh, this impresses Cameron, who says, oh, you're so progressive. <laughs> 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 um, so they they go out. Sun comes up. It's a new day. Body's still in the closet. They hung out with the flesh puppet crack uh, crack supplier uh, all night. Um, and they, he's ready to collect his body and go home. And uh, there's mention earlier in the movie about a Fabergé egg that uh, Gary got from his great-great-grandmother. And uh, Buck thought it looked really cool. So he's like, I'll take my body and go now. And the egg's missing. And uh, Buck has a very prominent package <laughs> at this point. It looks like something's in his pants. Um, so he says, I want my grandmother's egg back. And he says, I'll give you the egg back. If when you die, I can have your body. And, uh, which is really weird. Uh, but, you know. Um, so Because he's going to die in yeah, a month. Yeah, because he's going to yeah. die in a month. Because he has a terminal cancer. Or a terminal uh, brain tumor. And uh, he's like, you're not getting his body. And then uh, Cameron, like, breaks him because there's going to be a fight. And I forget what Cameron ends up on. What does Cameron offer him? He says, hey, I'll give you, you give me the egg and I will give you. Oh, you get to take Sam's truck. Yeah. So um, they go to give him his body. He gives the egg back. They go to give him the body. And the body is not in the closet. So it's like, where? who took the body? 
So they go outside, and there's Sam alive in not front of his dead. truck, not dead. And it's like, holy shit, you, you're alive, Sam. And they're excited, Gary and Cameron, because they're like, we didn't kill a man. So we're in the clear. And while they're celebrating... But, wait, wait. Oh, I mean, before, yes. before um, Simon Rex, whatever his name yes. is, does this, um, there is negotiating. He's like, because the... I forget if somebody was trying to kill him again or whatever they were going to do, but he didn't care if he died. He just oh, didn't want to die at this like, guy's don't house. Don't tell people that I'm. Yeah, he doesn't he want didn't the family want, to know. He didn't gay. want his family to know he's gay. He's like, I don't care if I die. Just don't let me die here because yeah. I don't want my family to know I was gay. So he's like, you know, they're like arguing with him, and Buck gets in the truck and runs him over and kills Sam again. He doesn't just run him over and kill him. He runs him over <laughs> and then backs up <laughs> over him over slowly. Him. And they show it. And it reminds me. I don't know if you ever saw the Toxic Avenger. Yeah. But it is so. It, it, this disturbed me for years of my childhood. I watched this movie. And there's a kid on a bike. And there's like these, you know, crappy teenagers that are like, hey, look, there's a kid on a bike. That's 100 points if you knock him over. And so they hit the kid on the bike and the kid is like hits the ground and he's sort of like bleeding stuff coming from his face and he's sweating and he's crying and he's like, I got to crawl away from this. And he's crawling away and they're like, you didn't get any points. He's not dead. So they pop it in reverse and run over his head. And, and his, I, it, I have flashbacks immediately when I saw this and I was like, that is disturbing. Yeah. And it is disturbing to watch, even in this movie. he runs over him, it's just, he goes so slow, and it's just like, <laughs> blub, blub, blub. and he's like, he's dead now, I get the body. So this sends Gary into a rage, who then starts to fight Buck, and Buck looks like he's going to beat the shit out of Gary. So then Cameron jumps on him, and then Buck fights Cameron, and he's choking Cameron, and uh, Gary comes over with one of those scooters that the, the kids drive these days, and starts wailing him in the head. And then Buck falls over and he just starts wailing on his face. You don't get to see that part. Um, but he kills Buck. Did you notice then that he didn't get any blood on his shirt bashing this guy's head no, in with a scooter? Yeah. Uh, weird. Maybe all the crack sucks all the blood from your head. I don't know. So um, now. Yet again, got... crack not being whacked. Yeah. Now they've got two dead bodies. So after all of this, they go on the dark web, they find this guy to come fuck this dead body. All this shit happens. Gary goes, or Cameron's like, we've got two dead bodies. What do we do now? Gary goes, I know a place. Why didn't you say that in the beginning of the movie, Gary? And then so they take the two bodies out to this wooded area where supposedly you're not going to find them. Bury the bodies. I don't know what they did with the truck. And I'm very impressed with them. They 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 went six feet in. Yeah, on these perfect graves. Perfect graves. In the middle of the woods that supposedly based on Gary's Gary. A, he's a very respectful person. He is. He is. Well, he's a gay. Most gays are respectful. Um, and they bury these two bodies. They get rid of the truck. And then they ride the bloody scooter back to the house, which belonged to one of his sons. Um, and then they go inside and have sex. <laughs> I think oh, that, yeah. I think that basically covers it. Um, and then uh, Cameron says, um, I had a really good time. Oh, I think at some point we should mention that Judith, like, came from out of the closet. Oh, yeah. And they she came was back on from, so much ambience. She doesn't remember, she doesn't remember anything. anything. They came home from the, the, the barrier. And the what, a, what a really great touching moment when she just talked yes. about being lonely. And that that's why she takes ambient and drinks wine and yeah. forgets things. And, and it was she's just like, really you're, kind of, you're very lonely too, aren't you, Gary? And he's like, yeah. 
So it was really, it was a really touching moment. moment in this really weird movie. And, and so, she, she, goes so she goes home. And then they, that's when they do that's it. That's when they bone. Yeah. And um, then. They uh, go to the boneyards. Yeah. And uh, they're like, you know, I had a really good time. Oh, oh, and because they reference Pretty Woman through in the beginning of the movie. And um, he's like, you know, Gary's like, you know, I'm really glad I met you. And then Cameron's like, in case I didn't say it or I forget to say it later, I had a really good time tonight, which is a reference to Pretty Woman. And um, then he leaves. And then it's a flash forward. It's a month later. And he gets a letter from Patty, the ex-wife, who likes to do fancy cards. She put a she sent really nice uh, fancy cards to everybody announcing Gary was gay. Um, and then and then she was announcing that he died. Yes. And she said at a month after Gary, a month after, after he came being, out as gay, yeah. died. <laughs> um. So Cameron decides to go to his funeral because earlier in the fil- the film he had asked Gary, uh, "What do you, what do you want when you how do you want to die? How do you want to be buried?" And um. He goes, um, I would prefer you just, because he says, obviously my family's probably going to do some religious ceremony, but I prefer just people put rocks in my pocket and put me in the lake with Duke, who's his dog. His Weimaraner. His, yeah. And that cracked me up because he said, that's what we did with my dog. <laughs> Cameron goes, dogs don't wear pants. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he goes, just fill my pocket with rocks. So Cameron goes to... Um, the church and his I, body's laid out. I did just want to point out here yes. that we haven't mentioned this yet, but his wife Patty oh, is played by Audra, Audra McDonald. Yes, a nice cameo. Which, which I don't understand. First of all, she's gold in this. Yeah, like she has one line, basically, like she one, has speech, one speech, and, and it's it just is amazing. She is a powerhouse. Her and Judith Light are just two such amazing actresses, and nothing against everybody else in this movie. But this, it's, I don't know what favor they owe the director to say, my caliber of acting will appear in your weird black comedy. No, I don't know. I, I don't know like what contract they signed where somebody was mad at them and said, I'm going to make you do this speech in this movie. I don't know how this happened, but she did it. She yeah. delivered it. She's great. And But yeah, Cam comes in there and he's yelling. He's like, this is not what Gary would have wanted. And you should know better. Patty, the... C word I called you earlier in the movie. <laughs> and Patty said basically says, um, we know, um, you know, we re- re- they reconciled basically with Gary before he died. And they know of him. He talked about a guy that he met. And um, she's like, um, we were good. So you don't have to come in here and scream and gay at us. Yeah, we were good. But I mean, she was also like, don't come in here and tell me after a night you knew him. Yeah. Or, or my life or anything about me because I this was not my life. Yeah. And, and she his makes a really good point about the... people who come out later in life and go through like a marriage and have children. And she's like, it's not just his life that he was denied himself. He denied me my life right. because he built this lie that I bought into. Um, and it's an amazing speech. Um, I don't know why the rest of the movie wasn't written like this, but this was a really good speech. I would, I would want, I want to watch the movie about Patty. Yeah, Patty the Seaward. That's what I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so he, le- he's like, I'm sorry. So he leaves, and then one of his sons, one of Gary's sons, come over, and he says, um, you know, we we bond, we reconcile, reconciled with our dad, and he told us about you and said that you know you guys really bonded. And he pulls out his great-great-grandmother's egg, and he says, he said to give this to you, you'd know what to do with it. And uh, he comes back in, 
and he says, hey, do you mind if I have a moment with Gary? And they're like, sure, go ahead. So he goes up to the uh, to the, the casket and he says, uh, can you can you all turn around so I can have just a private moment? And he's talking about how he had a really good time um, having sex with him. And he was just saying some really inappropriate fruit things. And then they turn around and the body's missing from the casket and they look over and he's dragging him out the side door, which how you could have caught him. How could they not catch him? Yeah. He can't carry the body. He's dragging the body I to mean, his car. The, the only thing I can come up with is that they were in such shock that this homosexual just came in here. It was dragging the body away that they were in shock that they couldn't move. So he throws Gary in the car. And uh, as he's starting up the car, um, his son comes running out. He's like, what the hell are you doing? And he takes off, goes back to Gary's house, fills his pocket with rocks and the egg and drops him in the water. And they're in the lake and he's sinking down. And they do this recreation of the God and Adam scene from the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And that's how the movie ends. Weird ending to a weird movie. I thought it was out of character for Cameron's character to cry at the end when he was letting him go. Yeah, he's having this emotional outburst. Yeah. Seems out of character. And I mean, maybe it speaks to how attached queer people get in relationships quickly but i'm like dude i know that you bonded over some traumatic events but it was one day i i totally was with patty i was like dude you had one day with him you're gonna come in here yelling at us like, yeah you back the fuck off i mean i didn't hate the movie yeah i mean andre mcdonald was in it it's hard to hate anything that she's in and i judith feel the light. same way about judith light and yeah. andre mcdonald yeah and i mean it was it's just not I felt like it could have been funnier. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it was definitely could have benefited from some nudity. I mean, there was like brief like moments where yeah. Cameron was There's in a speedo a part where, and doing um, that fashion show. Sam is giving Cameron a blowjob, and you don't see the blowjob, but you see the back of Sam's head moving in and out of shot. So yeah. you get a little bit of it, but you could. I feel like uh, Lucas Gage should have committed and showed a bare ass or two. (laughs) Anyway. So what do you think, Rotten Tomatoes? This is a tough one, because I feel like this is the type of shit that critics love, like that weird shit. Before you give a number, I'm going to tell you this. Yes. There is no audience number. There's only a critic's number, and the critic's review only has 12 reviews. Really? Yeah. That's weird. I'm going to say an 82. Um, it is a 67. Ooh, yeah. Oh. I feel Damn. like this might be something that becomes sort of a, a kind cult. of a cult classic. Yeah. Um, it's definitely out there. Um, like, as I liked it more than 67. Um, definitely. But probably, I mean, def- I, I would say. You know what my 90. brain started doing? When did we do a movie called 67? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good flick. It's a, a decent flick. It's a proud flick. You know, it's, I mean, as far as gay movies go, it's really not bad. Yeah. If you've got six bucks to to spend to rent it or Or ten bucks to buy buy it, it, (laughs) I say buy it. I have worse movies. There's one movie that has Ben Platt, the guy who played Aladdin in the live action um, uh, Aladdin movie. Um, And it's about that uh, Canadian uh, politician who was on crack and died. Um, it's a it's a, about them. It's an interesting movie. It's not a great movie, 
But it was one of those where I really liked Ben Platt at the time. I diluted my love of him lately. But I'm obsessed with the guy who played Aladdin. I think he's very hot. So it was $5 to rent it and $7 to buy it. So I was like, okay, I'll spend the $2 and buy it. So I own it. And it is definitely not as good as Lowdown or Download. <laughs> um, but I own it. So I'll probably go back and rewatch it. Oh, please don't film. make me watch it. But it has been Platt because it's homosexual, so maybe we'll... If there's another, if there's another strike <laughs> or if the actors don't come back soon, I'll probably have to do that. Uh, but next week, we're going to talk about the third of the series. We're going to finish out the series of Fear Street. And we don't know what else yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, probably, I mean, it's the, the, the Halloween issue. We should do something Halloween because it's we film it the day before Halloween. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to find the Frankenstein and Dracula wine. So we'll find something scary to talk about. Fun scary. Happy scary. Yeah, not, not paranormal does, scary. Does Paw Patrol have a Halloween special? <laughs> <laughs> and is, is, are one of the dogs gay? Aren't all dogs gay? I mean, I is that why they all go to heaven? That is, all dog, all gay dogs go to heaven. <laughs> all straight bitches go to hell. Um, and on that note, I think we're done. So uh, until next week, that cork is back in the bottle. <laughs>